Everybody, welcome back. It's so funny to the, you know, and here's Modi, Alex, is because you, you know, I always follow some crazy thing whenever I do a show. Yeah, of course. I know. I remember the story, and I right. remember, I remember the story when you told it to me, and then I remember you doing a bit about it for the first time. It was a great joke. So for listeners, we're here, of course, with uh, with Leo, with Periel, and we have Alex Elliman here with us today. And um, it's just funny that last night I had a real big. Uh, um, and here's Modi moment. It was uh, I did a show at the Sopper Center for a disease I've never heard of. It's like rare form of epilepsy, right? Or something? Is it? I don't, I, I don't know. The the guy. It was beautiful audience, about 150 people at the Sopper Center. They had um, it's a, a disease that only 100 people in the world have, and the doctor came on and with an Israeli accent. Oh my God, Doctor Leo, blah 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 blah, and he comes on and he was for a half hour and the. The the protons do this and the neutrons don't do that and then the when it when it copies itself it's used but makes two copies but oh, this one only makes one copy and the degeneration that it was twenty minutes people's mouths twenty minutes to explain the disease basically. it was insane it was insane and then and the woman comes on literally she's blown away she didn't know it was going to be that long and that in, intricate and she goes and and here's Modi. She literally was, and here's Modi. Oh, my God. And luckily... So like a comatose room. A comatose room. So I come on, and I just start with an Israeli accent, continuing on what he was saying. Oh, my oh, God. So the, the, the protoplasm, the protoplasm of what you can <laughs> actually see is that uh, when it's not uh, neutronized, and, and I said, and oh, people my... Keep, people, keep, uh, people are dying. People, and then I just went into the act, and uh, they really came around, and... It was. It's an honor to be, you know, uh, to have helped such an organization, and um, and it's it's amazing that 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 we do that. It's amazing that we do that. <laughs> What's amazing <laughs> is, really but it was really, and you. here's Modi. It was really the, and here's Modi mo- moment. That I mean, that do, happens though at every charity and corporate event, almost every single one, right? It's very rarely done really well where you're seamlessly integrated into the into the programming <laughs> they've been getting better but there are ones that it's just blatant boom but also people know you now if anyone has you know if anyone goes to a charity event and it's a good event yeah the odds are it's going to be you or like two other comedians last night i did a i did a talk back after my show for the first time people asking questions and they said so you do comedy about um, uh, what you know? Who are the Jewish comedians that that you look up to? Who are who are observant? <laughs> and I was like, there are there are two of them. <laughs> I was like, it's Elon and Modi. I'm like, that's <laughs> it. I'm like, and oh. everyone. And it was so funny though because it was a Jewish organization, the American uh, Jewish Congress, the American Jewish Coalition. I can't remember what AJC stands for, but they were like, ever as soon as I said Modi, everyone's like, yeah, Modi. You know, like we know oh, Modi, of course. So Everybody knows. That's it. so great to hear. It was so every time I said a name. Thinking it would be like an obscure reference, they were like, "No, we know who 
We know who Mordechai Lightstone of Chabad is. <laughs> you know, it's very, it's such a small world. Is it just the small inward, world? you know. But yeah, that makes, that makes sense. If you're doing an event at the Safra Center for a rare disease and there's a comedian. It's Modi. Yeah, it's Modi. It's Modi. <laughs> <laughs> if you're doing an event, it's like, it's like comedy Mad Libs where the answer is always like, uh, Boys and Girls Club of Muncie? Elon Gold, <laughs> you know, like if you can, there are Fill like the four blank. or five women, uh, girls basketball tournament in Teaneck, New Jersey, Avi Lieberman. Like it just goes, <laughs> you just do the calculus. Or uh, just go by, by the budget that they have. Yeah, and you can exactly. See who's exactly. There. <laughs> I just wasn't going to say that. I, I did. Um, uh, Alex, wow. You have, a, you have a show that's running on, it's off-Broadway considered, it's right? It's running off-Broadway and... Uh, it's going fairly well, thank God. It's going all right. I would say more and than fairly well. More than all right. And now, Sarah Jessica Parker, run, don't walk to see your show. Hello. She and was just like that. So nice. <laughs> yeah, my ticket like that. that. Is like... And just like that. That's well, amazing. It's a show that I, I no, we have tickets to see the show on, the on Saturday. On yeah. Saturday. But you, um, you, it's a show I kind of saw the, the beginning of, right? Yeah, you when, saw you saw it in its first or, or second work in progress in London. And I, I was in London doing a doing a, a bunch of shows, and I was at the Soho House. I walk outside, I see Alex's face on a poster, right? Yes. And then I I the Soho Theater on Dean Street, which is right. across in London and Soho across and the street then from Soho House. We meet up, and you brought me to the show. And it was it was amazing back then, and this is at least two years before COVID. It was twenty. It was the beginning of twenty eighteen. The show was still a work in progress. So I was still figuring. It was one of those things where you know, sixty people in a room in a London basement and seeing what sticks when you throw it against the wall. But that story, there's a story at the center of it. I went to this meeting. I went to this get together uh, for people who I would call white nationalists in Queens in like this area between Astoria and Long Island City. And Accidentally. Or kind not, of okay, kind okay. of on purpose. I don't wanna I don't wanna what's it called? No, you, you ruin can't, the you can't spoil, um, you're not gonna spoil you're not gonna spoil Spoiler alert. I don't want to spoiler spoil alert. alert. Um it, not not totally accident. Hey, not to tangent, do you get anti Semitism online or are you so inside the Jewish community that like cause I get I get a lot of anti-Semitism for it because, like, I'm lefty and Jewish, so I get, like, very – I'm not saying that anyone's not. I'm just saying that, like, I find myself in spaces where I get anti-Semitism thrown at me. I get um, – if I post something um, with uh, – and Leo's the one that handles all of it, so he would be better to ask. But I get a lot of anti-Semitism. <laughs> <laughs> what he's trying to say. <laughs> um, Leo, who's, Leo, who's, yes, Leo Vega gets a lot of, and, I get no, a lot we of, get a lot of people post, like, if I do something, they'll just go free Palestine. Yeah. That the kind of stuff. Of you uh, meeting the Rebbe, someone commented on TikTok, the dregs of humanity. I was like, TikTok oh, is oh, bad. TikTok, yeah. That's I don't a good even, pull quote. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> thanks. I don't uh, look at That's TikTok. But like, yeah, you don't see those things. I kind of filter them out. Right. So, so, so no, I don't think I get <laughs> that. That's smart. But I, I mean, so I was, there was a while, 2016, 2017, where I was getting a lot of it for some reason because um, I was doing some stuff in the UK and there was, the UK has, you know, it was having a moment where it, where it, uh, just a jagged, um, edge of anti-Semitism that was running through the discourse there. So I was getting it a lot on the internet and I started adding 
all of the anti-Semites to a list on Twitter to annoy them. And the list was called Jewish National Fund Donors. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And people so on Twitter can see when they're added to the list. They can see when they're added yeah. to the list. So yeah. I got a lot of tweets from, like, anti-Semites going, take me off your stupid list. I've never contributed to the Jewish National Fund. And I always wrote back with, like, the link to contribute. I was always like, there's still time. We're planting a million trees in Haifa. Be part of, <laughs> be part of the dream, you know? Like, oh my it was... God. It was a really uh, – so I started doing it and then I started looking at the people on the list sometimes because like a news event would happen and be like, well, what do the anti-Semites think? Like especially something Jewish happens. What do the anti-Semites think? And so I started like getting a little bit interested in like these people because like if you're really anti-Semitic, like you've got a, something like a little loose in there. Yeah. Something's a little – it doesn't really compute. Like it's for dumb people and bad people. Einstein said you couldn't be – said God gave people the capacity to be three things, smart, um, kind, and a Nazi. And he said, and you can't be all three at once. He said, you can be smart, but not kind, and a Nazi. You can be kind, but not smart, and a Nazi, but you couldn't be all three. So, like, they're missing oh something. And so I was, like, you know, I got a little more interested in these people. And I got involved in, like, some of the other social media sites that they're on. And then one of this this guy put up a message. He's like, hey, if you're curious about your whiteness – he was sort of like trying to get people to come to this address. And I was like, I'm curious about my whiteness. Yeah. So I went and, you know, and the, the show is about that, basically. It's about being in that room. So just to recap for people listening, your show, just for it's called Just For Us. Just it's for us, It's running at yeah. the Cherry Lane Theater. Until February 19th. And it's a one-man show. It's a one-man so show. Thanks you're talking for, about the genesis of, he knows what he's doing. of, he's, he's amazing. of how we got the, to this material. Well, right? yeah, but also, the, yes, that's exactly. Just, but, but also, it's mostly, you know, as Modi... Well, no, jokes are everything. So it's right. jo- So it's jokes. It's com- you know. There's there's never a few. I even sometimes get uncomfortable with the term one man show, even though okay. it clearly no, it clearly is a one man show, and it's being presented by Mike Birbiglia, who's like right. amazing. The, oh, he, the one man show king. Yes, yeah. he is the Gadol Hador. Like he's literally <laughs> the, he's the even he's Leo the, knows what that is. He's yeah. the generation's greatest American one person show, but unquestionably. And so it is. It has those auspices, but it's a. It was developed in comedy clubs and comedy theaters, so it's still jokes. And there's it. And by the way, someone yesterday during. But you this, deliver it. You have your own delivery of your. your um, I remember watching it. I remember you watching you in in London, and I go. He has his own styling. He has his own styling, and you you do it, and it's that makes it comedy. But do you see a little bit of? Because someone said this to me when they said to me, they've known me a long time. They said, you know, when I look at you, I see a little bit of Modi and a little Elon and a little Gary and a little, you know, so and so and so and so. And Elon says sometimes as he watches me, he's like, I see, I see myself a little bit, but like. So How do you feel say, about that when people say that? Fine, you know, compare you to other comedians. Well, you know, you know what, Modi's. Mo, I always, you know, I would. I'd say this. I'd never in a million years um, take any material from someone. Although I once did an Elon joke by accident. <laughs> He's very upset. Um, but Modi always was so grounded on stage, and he had such a presence. It was like a big brother comedian instead of a little brother comedian. And so I think imitating that quality early in the sense that understanding that being grounded on stage and not constantly like scurrying everywhere but also not like leaning you know some of the comics at the cellar they like lean back against the wall and there's no posture or anything like that like modi's very grounded on stage he's presentational he's deliberate about his movements and so it's not just modi but like i noticed that the comics that i loved had that and so a lot of you know 
sometimes I'll be intentional about being grounded on stage. And before every show, I write five goals and they're different every night based on how the show the night before went. And uh, a lot of the times it's me reminding myself to have to be grounded in one space and to sort of have the authority to hold the room because that's, I think, Modi's... I think that's Modi's secret. You you once opened for me for a Christmas show and I do my meditation and my goals in the back. Yes. It's never about me. It's about the audience. Sure. I always want whoever's in there that needs to laugh, whoever's going through hell, whoever's just found a diagnosis or something, let my... Let let that, but you, but I grounded is the word you use. I use the word confidence. Sure. I remember one thing I told you once. Alex opened for me before he was a comedian. Yes, I've opened for Modi since the time I was extremely shitty. No, he wasn't shitty. He no, was, I wasn't very. Was, I wasn't. You were, you were fine. I you was were great. A child. You, you were. You were. You were. A child. You were a child. He was, was like 16. sixteen. We were in a Passover program in Scottsdale, Arizona. Scottsdale, Arizona, wow. and they said this. This is. Uh, he knew me, and I, I knew him, and uh, he knew Elon, and and he goes, "I'd love to open for you," and um, and the woman who uh, who there's a pro Linda asked, and you, I, it's a no brainer. It's Have, not a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. I would never say yes to this <laughs> if I was in your... It's a no-brainer. It's definitely not Mar- a no-brainer. I've been in your position since then, and I have not always said yes. <laughs> Let's just say no, that. No, no, no. The position... No, no, no. It's not a no... It is a no-brainer because let me give you the... the, the set. You're in a program where they all know you and adore you. Oh, God. It, it is, it's 800 people that know you for years of... I still support. remember my first joke. They... I gave it to you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, so you so, said, and, you and said, half the room is his family. The other half knows him for years. It's a no-brainer. They don't. That, man, I'm a, glad you didn't know what the reality <laughs> is. If, if it was some other comic, I just had a comic bomb for me. In in a, oh my god, I haven't seen a bomb in a while. But in Florida, it wasn't a no-brainer. Some guy came on a bomb, but Alex went on. What was the joke I gave the you? The joke you said, you know this next comedian from HBO, from Comedy Central, from NBC, you know me from the swing pool, from the swing, <laughs> you know, like from the coffee table, you from know, the, like from that. The buffet, from, from the buffet. From the buffet, yeah. Well, he absolutely. delivered it and he was so adorable and so cute. And then, and then at the buffet, I'm behind Modi it. thinks this wasn't intentional and I knew oh. he was there and this is still <sighs> something that I think is really funny and Modi's like, he didn't know I was there. He thought it was, go ahead, say what? this thing. He, Alex is standing there and I'm behind him. I know I, he's behind me. I, I knew where know. the comedian in the room was at all times. Excuse me. <laughs> okay, so Alex, so someone says to Alex, goes, you were great and, Mo- and Modi and this and that and he goes, yeah, Modi's great. He's not as original as Elon. Elon Gold, yeah. Oh, but he's, oh and, my I, God. I was trying to be funny. <laughs> oh. Okay, okay. I was just but, I was like, did he just after I just put him on? So just to um just to backtrack a little bit and we have to address it because people lose their yeah. minds because Periel traditionally wears a mask on the show and we make fun of her for it. Well not only we, you make fun of me, but you uh, the listeners make fun of you. But we we just took as a disclaimer, we are wearing masks because again, you have a one man show. A you have a, show. A, a sh- an artistic show with a full cast. A uh, full production crew uh, But involved. if I get sick, there's no... The understudy's exactly. Mike Birbiglia, and he's too busy <laughs> to do the show. So, like, there's no one who knows the show, so if I get sick, the no, show goes yeah, down and 20-something no people lose their job. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like, I've got to be... How great is it that it's only you? I, you know, the City Winery shows I did um, during Christmas, 
they canceled every show around me because it was bands and every band had like six people and one of them all had one corona. of them got sick and so, that was it and so like by the way we shut down for yeah, a month you did, and yeah. not because of the not because i got sick but because like omicron well you know people people weren't feeling safe coming to the theater and the numbers now are back to a reasonable place right. like, yeah. where right. they're back to a place where frankly you know some of this is a People are still getting over the emotional thing, but like the numbers are back to a normal to a, to a. But it was crazy for a while. Yeah, it was so, yeah. and because New York is so far ahead of the country in in health, you know, in in health trends, like c- certain parts of the country are bananas right now because oh, they're going right. through. What we just we went got through. back from Florida, so <laughs> let's get back to Alex. Alex <laughs> Man, is sorry. is is hilarious. Now, Alex is one. Of the, Comics all find their place where they build themselves. You were in Europe for a long time. Yeah. Well, you know, frankly, I learned to be a comedian here. And I feel like there was a time where I was like, okay, I'm good now. And everybody's like, you're the you're the kid. And I was like, no, but I'm good at comedy. And everyone's like, no, you're the child who hung out at comedy clubs. And I'm like, I promise you I'm good at comedy. And then I went abroad <laughs> And some, and you know, like after a while, you get basic competence in comedy. If you keep writing and working, you put some jokes together. You have a thing. Yeah. And so I went abroad, and they were like, "You're good." And I'm like, "That's what I'm trying to tell people," which is like a little bratty of me, but like yeah. it it worked overseas. And then I in the states, some people were like, "Okay, I guess he's good." You know, like it was one of those things where, and I kept having to go overseas. And also, I'm sure you you you've experienced this in the same way. Never thought we'd get to travel and go even that time you were in london you had been hired you had this wonderful situation yeah this woman who was wonderful and you know like it is a truly unique child's life and so i really loved being able like they're like you want to be do australia for a month and i was like i'm not married on a kid sure so like yeah. i did as you know i did shows in like Berlin and Moscow, no, uh, and Eddie uh, Izzard, Copenhagen, and places the Yahoopitzville, in where, where Istanbul. That, you know, no, like, what was that the, the the big festival over there? Um, uh, Amsterdam. No, the other one, Edinburgh, Edinburgh, in Scotland. Edinburgh. In Scotland. Edinburgh. Yeah, that was yeah. Edinburgh. It sounds where so it made amazing. Night. He's doing the Edinburgh festival. They are they, uh, finally somebody asked me to do it too. They offer you sixteen cents. Uh-huh. Yeah, they offer I, you I said, nothing. You I, get I no said, guarantee. I'll give you twenty six to not invite me. <laughs> I, you know, but, but Alex was there for a long time. But and it made and it, look, it was it, it. I am. It's my second home, the UK. It's my. I haven't been there in two and a half years, but I haven't <laughs> been there in, t- in since March of twenty twenty but it is where my career started and i still love going there it's the only place uh, i remember getting a letter from you when you decided that this was your career one solo shows you know like i don't want i the comics i like do hours the comics i like can go in front of an audience for an hour and crush none of this like 15 minutes seven minutes bs that you see in new york and los angeles i wanted comics who like you walk out, then the audience has changed. Their transport, yeah. the connection is there. No, but you sent a very sweet letter to me saying, um, I have decided to make comedy my career. And a part of it is because of you. It's and, true. You and, and it was Elon me, Elon, and Gary. Gary, and uh, it was very sweet. It was very, very sweet. It really was uh, on Father's Day or something. On we, Father's like Day. Like Goldman, I texted Goldman and Elon. Later. And, uh, <laughs> and, and Modi, yeah. or like something, or and I was like, comedy dads have it, you know, some some shit like that. But it was, it was, yeah, it was you you put me on in a Pesach program when I was sixteen. Like it was my first. Com- Wait, so know. is that where you guys met when you were sixteen? That it's was half my life ago. 
it's right. half my life yeah. I'm 32. It's, yeah. And just like randomly, he was at this place in this program, Scottsdale. It's well, a Scottsdale. I'm the T, and you know, like, so I was raised. Oh, or, he's the T. Oh, this is hysterical. So he, the T means religious. Okay, so he's. he's I, was like, raised, I was raised that T. Okay? So one time we, oh, I took Alex to do a show with me in 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 his town in boston in newton my yeah, mom is newton. your town yeah literally, yeah literally your town next door to brooklyn next door to my town yeah they said to me like this i'm gonna tell the story they, Please. they said to me here's this um, we're gonna give you fifteen hundred dollars for for an opening act so i said you know what i'll bring alex and eric newman uh-huh right and then i said to them in the car one of you's gonna get a thousand and the other's gonna get 500 and they both go Who's going to get a thousand? I go, whoever blows me because neither, huh? neither one of you has a thousand dollar act. <laughs> that was the joke. But everybody would be so. so uh, Wait. It was, a, it was a joke. Leave it alone. Um, so I remember, I remember exactly the moment that you said that in the car. We were coming off the exit on the highway and I was like, so now, honey. so now Eric's obsessing about his act, what he's going to do there. And then Alex is obsessing about the blowjob. <laughs> no, Alex is Good obsessing about whether to wear a yarmulke or not. Wow. Do you remember that? I do. You, for about an hour and a half, were in the green room. Yes, yarmulke. No, yarmulke. Yes. Which, by the way, I brought you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. By the way, to think I don't have one of these. That's insane <laughs> that you don't have my yarmulke. Of course, yarmulke. I do. I have one. I've, we have several. In I just house. ordered 1,500 more. So. <laughs> I have so many of them. Um, so Alex ended up. Did you wear it or not? I wore the yarmulke. His parents were there. His rabbi were there. Me, you know, I had a real thing. I went on Conan and I said I'm an Orthodox Jew, and people sent me emails going, "You're not an Orthodox Jew. You're not wearing a yarmulke. You're not this and that." And like, not to get too serious, but I think being Orthodox, like, if you're raised Orthodox and you feel a certain way, and your relationship with God is a certain way, or you're not, even a non-relationship with God, it's like struggling is the whole thing in orthodoxy then like you can eat bacon wrapped scallops for five meals a day and wipe your mouth with a torah it's still like your or so but but the second time i did conan i thought i said should i wear a yarmulke oh wow and i thought i didn't no good. because i thought you know what it's something i want to put more thought into if i do it i had thought of it like two days before but like if i do it if i do so, late night again maybe you so know. so me wearing a yarmulke or not it's again know your audience if they need you to be wearing a yarmulke and it fits the room and it fits what's happening yes if if not not it, you, it's, you 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 have the line of you've you, You've done cocaine, but not bacon. Yeah, I say I've tried cocaine. I said that on Conan. I've never tried (laughs) bacon. I have tried cocaine. But also people wrote me like, oh, my God, how horrible for a young Jew to be saying that, you know, he's done drugs. Do people people write me these types of things? I don't see it. I try not to bother. I don't want to look at any of that. Something else. Hold on. I I know you're doing the podcast circuit, and I don't know if this is the same stuff. It's not. Trust me. With all due respect, this is not the kind of stuff you talk about on other podcasts. (laughs) I'm going to change the conversation even more where you don't talk about on podcasts. So so Alex, years ago – and I want to I want to segue into this beautifully and, and and flawlessly and lovely. But Alex, a few years ago, no, let's let's let's. I'm gonna start this way. <clears throat> I recently watched a few. I don't know. You know how sometimes you land on YouTube on things. Sure, sure. So I, I've landed on a bunch of Milton Berle roasts. Sure. Milton Berle was one of the three, four, five generations ago, one of the biggest uh, comedians, comedians in the world. Yeah. And, you know, he was the first guy on TV. He wore the first dress, the first man wearing a dress on TV. There's a million things he did first. 
But what seemed to be the number one thing that everybody knew him for was, was the size of his penis. Was the size of his Modi schmuck. So let me. We can always delete this if you don't want. <laughs> A few years back, Alex is living in New York City, and he had to go to some event. He was smuggling with the big wigs and some producers and actors. And he says to me, Modi, I need a suit. Can you come with me to go get a suit? So we go get a suit. We went to we, we went to get a suit. And he's trying to jack it on. And he comes out with, with, the, with the, I go, so st- I go st- stand up straight. He goes, the pants were a little tight. And I look at his crotch and I go, what the hell is that? <laughs> and Alex said, I quote, that's me. Oh my he god. He said I it's me. Not, I... I said you're kidding me. He goes, "No, it's 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 really big." <laughs> so, uh, the, does the comedy world know that you have one of the biggest schmucks in uh, uh, in in the in comedy I right now? Ex- you're the Milton Berle of oh. uh, of 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 a schwanz. You're the you have the Milton Berle schwanz. He's going it... to have to go toe to toe with oh, Will no. Sylvans. I, I really, you Will Sylvans, <laughs> what you bring a black comedian to this? This is a Jewish comedian with the biggest schmuck in 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 comedy. Alex is turning red. Those of you who aren't watching this, uh, he's turning red. Yeah, he, and he remembers the day. We I were was in getting the a basement. suit for new faces from Montreal. That's what I was getting. Uh-huh. We're in the basement of one of like the Bloomingdale's or something like that. Modi knows clothing, so I was like. And by Bloomingdale's, he means Zara. His budget <laughs> Zara. was like a dollar fifty. Yeah, my budget was a dollar fifty. I was barely making money as a comedian, but, but you, he got you me a nice good. suit. We got a nice, but he comes out and he's like, "Oh, hunched up." I go, "What do you do?" So Alex, uh, so if 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 anybody needs to know, it should be on this podcast when you found out that Alex has a schwanz. <laughs> Now let's go back. Uh, I, I hope sales are doing well for your show, right. Alex. Let's talk, go back to that. Talk about Mike Birbiglia. Well, I won't be wearing <laughs> jeans on stage now. Oh, my God. That is, so, uh, yeah, I remember. Good for you. Good Jesus for you. Christ. Where do we go from here? Uh, you know, maybe ask him some up. questions about his There's show. There's only one direction. No. It's up. <laughs> so listen, your, your, your show. Now, um, it's, it's uh, is there production value besides just you standing on stage you know there are little things here and there yeah there's something you'll see on you'll see on, on uh, saturday yeah the, i it's i try to bring people into i wanted to keep it very minimalist i can't believe we're segueing from that into like i want to keep it minimalist very spare but like yeah <laughs> i trying to uh trying to keep it as much like stand up as i can although that's it's a challenge it really is a challenge ne- uh, derek delgadio who's this magician didn't he's done this amazing special called in and of itself and he directed Neil Brennan's last show okay. at the Cherry Lane, which was on before me. And he said to me, yes, he came to the show a couple days ago. It was very nice. And afterwards, he was like, well, how do you feel? And I was like, it's not like comedy clubs. It's for the first time it, doing it off Broadway, doing it in a theater is different from doing it in a comedy club. The audiences are different. The space is different. What they laugh at is different. It's very jarring. You have to like really decide what you want, adjust what you want. And sometimes... I have this director from the UK who's at the theater that you see. He's a really smart guy. He worked on Fleabag. He's done, you know, his name's Adam Brace. And he said to me, he's like, we should cut this. It's a, it's a joke in the middle of a, it's a joke in the middle of a story. And I'm like, no, (laughs) you know, and he's like the momentum that you lose from the story in the, by doing the joke isn't worth it. And I'm like, you're right. And it's so weird 
to have to hear that we shrunk the joke and moved it a couple of a couple of like uh, moments later so I wouldn't lose the joke but like making those kinds of decisions you know you say you you but your goals are always for the audience so my goals are always for performance because mm-hmm. I can't sometimes I can't control what's in the audience but like Derek Derek also said something about uh, one of the goals is always legibility. Can the audience follow this clearly? Can they? So like my goals are always about me, which is like enunciation because sometimes I struggle to enunciate or like uh, grounding. Like what it is always to try to make my performance better, which isn't like you like the first time I brought someone experience to see you, my friend Mark, he went, it's like watching Alan King. Like you have this presence that's like, you know, how did you develop your stage presence, because I, by the time I knew you, you were already kind of like a, you know, a formed entity. Not that you haven't, ch- I haven't seen you change in small ways in many ways over the last, you know, and I've seen you like rise to fill big spaces and, and, and shrink a little to fit intimate ones. But like, how did you, did you watch a million people? Did you? I never watched any. I, the, the reason I had all that conference up front was, was um, kind of like what, what you, the guest we had before you. I, when I began doing comedy, I had no goal to do comedy. I, you were 16, you wanted to be a comedian. I had no idea I wanted to be a comedian. So when I went on stage, I had a full-time job in a bank, an investment banking bank, Merrill Lynch. I didn't give a damn if this was going to work out or not. You know, and um, and I went <laughs> on stage. The answer is money. <laughs> no, the answer is it's your, your, you're not in your headspace. You're not in like, this has to work. If this isn't, I'm like, I went out there, I threw it out there, it hit. And back then it was like this over-the-top, no, it wasn't my voice. It was just these huge characters that were just sure. the Spanish secretary, the gay secretary, the this, the uh, all, all these different languages and just massive characters. And that was when I began. And and then you build your voice, and um, and now it's just a big Jew on stage. But it's um, which is fine, which is good. But the it's a New Yorker on stage. But it's yeah. Who is, but it's um, it's, it's 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 definitely uh. It was that was the reason I was never scared. Like I hope this works. I hope this joke lands. I never cared. But Leah, you've been watching him perform a long time. Have you noticed changes over the years by degrees? By in, or you think it's um, always? I mean, I think some things have. I started filming you a lot yeah. and making you watch it like football footage. I think that's really smart. Um, I do the same with audio. But I do the same. Tiny little things that I can see you change, um, but. Yeah, I think it's interesting to watch you fill different spaces, like you mentioned. Each space is different. Each audience is different. Spaces are spaces are just people don't understand how important a space is. Mm. The best show I had of 2021 was at the Laugh Factory in December. I had not been in LA. Was since. it Marriere of Christmas? Was no, it no, 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 it was my own show. Okay, sure. Uh, I took it um, in December. It, we packed, oh, we right. packed it out. I was there for to another event. We took this uh, kind of last minute packed up the energy was insane yeah. it's a comedy club that's it's great. A, what it's meant to it be it is a great com- I, I had my i had one of my best sets there and you no know, i did elon's thanksgiving show or something and it was so fun that people they're there it's exciting that you know like it is a i talk a about it a comedy club is the comedian's house when you do a theater you're both coming to this place yeah when you do when you do a, a country club when, when I perform for 500 people at some Glen Oaksdale <laughs> country club, sure. it's their turf. I'm on their turf. I'm, I'm, it, it takes a dynamic. longer to be comfortable on their it's turf. It's a dynamic. Yeah. They're looking like who they bring here for, for, my, for my after dinner entertainment. It's a different vibe. 
you know, you're, you're, you're a comedian at the comedy club. They're here in your home. Mm-hmm. And it's a different energy. And a theater is, um, depends it's like on the neutral, theater, yeah. It's like neutral ground. It is special. Well, theater. You say, theater you, is a you, time. You is, is a, theater is a space, like Moni said, it's a space apart a little bit. It's like, you know, it's an, e- it's an event. People got a sitter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just interesting, mm-hmm. though, because Birbiglia is always like, tell them the story. He's like, they're here for you to tell them the story. Just if you're ever nervous or if you ever feel like, oh, my God, I'm doing too much of this or too little of that, just tell them the story. They've got a babysitter so you could tell them the story. <sighs> so it's a really interesting dynamic because well, the theater is special. And then, you know, the New York Times could be there one day and like Matthew Broderick is there. It's like it's a thing. But you're still just doing this. And it, sometimes I'll be on stage and I'll be like, this is incredible. I can't believe I'm doing this. Uh-huh. And it's still this – and sometimes I'm like, it's the same thing I'm doing in a basement, in a bar or, you know, like – you. it's so funny that like, you know, stand-up comedy is – and like this is why I keep the the set decoration or the other effects of it minimal because there's something glorious about the fact that like Wembley, you know, I got to perform at Wembley in, in uh, beginning of 2020 opening for somebody and uh, it's a guy in a microphone and a stool. And then two days later, a friend of mine was like, come do my show and, and you know, in a bar in London. And I go and there are four people. <sighs> and it's the same. And I noticed it's a, it was a Sure 58. It was the same brand of microphone. Same mics. To stu- like, it's something kind of crazy about that, no? Yeah. That it's just still just like, because it's not that way in music. In music, right. like, you're not going to go to, you know, an arena and, and see, like, one guy with, like, a guitar and a little <laughs> shitty speaker. Like, <laughs> but, in a, but you know, stand-up comedy, it's crazy. But you say you, your problem's enunciating. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yes. So all the time. I, I really have problems with that. And if my if I don't have monitors that are good, I, sure. I, 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 it really, it really hinders me. The show, I, sure. I can't get words out. And I also, which Leo pointed out to me, sometimes I know the joke already. And where it's going, sure. so I leave things out because I'm already there. I'm more in my head when I do a joke. I'm picturing everything. Sure, I'm picturing the entire. Uh, the, the, when I say like the and here's money, I'm picturing the entire show that when they introduced me, I'm picturing this, and so I'm just seeing this. I'm seeing it in my head and telling it, and um, and so sometimes I'm already two steps ahead of what I'm seeing. You sure. Know? So. And also, by the way, with, you know, audiences, especially, I don't know, do you, you perform in front of probably the most, uh, I don't know how I would describe it, like a Pesach program or, or, or something like that. It's not, e- like, these are not easy audiences, though. I think when people, your reputation is as someone who can do well pretty much anywhere, because I'm like, sometimes I'll walk into a room and see, like, I've seen you do shows in front of a totally Hasidic crowd, and I'm like, there aren't a lot of comics who could. Who could <laughs> That's a rough room, yeah, because they, they 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 hide their laughter. Yeah, they, I know. They, they, they laugh into their hands. They haven't. It's really to. And then they come over to you and they go, "You are amazing. You are amazing. Well, why don't Tell you laugh?" Your face, at, yeah. yeah. But again, is the d- dynamic a pass a passable program? It's a show for eight hundred people. Mm-hmm. It's not to be poo pooed on. You know, it's eight hundred people there, but they the shows are part of the program, so they might go or they might not go. The best is when yeah. you don't go and find out it's amazing. Yeah, and they're like, "Are you gonna do another show?" And you're like, "No, you missed it, idiot." <laughs> yeah, you're gonna do it. Are you, are you here? No, I'm 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 out six. I have a six a.m. flight to the yeah. next program. So, Hire me. Yeah. So enjoy the magician tomorrow night. <laughs> um, I'm ready to hypnotist. 
The hypnotist. They always get a hypnotist. What's, uh, and they, they they don't care. They don't care. It's so funny. The Passover program shows. One time I, I went to one just as a guest of a friend of mine. It was on the um on the on the days where you can't use a microphone. The, yeah. The the, the 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 yuntif days. Are you with me or no? No, you um, lost me. There are some days. There are some days on Passover that you can uh that you can use electricity and talk. They're called cholamoid. And some of the days are the holiday, 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 and you cannot use electricity. You can't Shabbos. do anything. Shabbos dick. It's a Shabbos It's dick. like Shabbos. Some of the days are like Shabbos. So this, the first two days and the last two days of Passover, you cannot use a microphone or drive a car and all that. And in the middle, you can't. Anyway, oh, I met God. this girl. Hey, j- hey, imagine trying to explain this to your boss to ask for time off on a television show. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite was Sukkot. I was like, I need it. He's like, what's the holiday? I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm building a hut. And he's like, I'm walking around with a leaf and a he's lemon. He's like, you're not building a hut. I was like, I'm building a hut. And was he's he like, Jewish? Was he Jewish? Chris? No. Oh, no. He was, uh, usually, <laughs> usually, if they're non-Jewish, like, okay, please go of ahead. Course. Do your thing. No problem. He if, was. It's a, if it's a Jewish guy, if it's a Jewish guy, wait, I'll be here. You can be here. Yeah, <laughs> he was. That's the thing. He was. He just wanted to know what was going on. And he's okay. like, how big is the hut? And I was like, it's, it depends how big you think. Heard a f- it's pretty big. <laughs> it depends how big you think a fist is. Like, it's 10 fists. And he's like, what? And I was like, don't worry about it. It's like, it's fuck him. It's like, it's, I'm trying to explain like cubits, like yep. based on like arm lengths and hand lengths oh to like a God. guy who went to Harvard and he's okay. trying to grasp it. It was like, it was, the but you know, you're right. Because I asked off for Yom Kippur, and they're like, well, Mark is Jewish, and he's going to be here. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, well, I couldn't be like, well, Mark's going to hell. So I didn't didn't say that. (laughs) But it was funny to be like, yeah, there are different people with different practices. Uh, They were nice. They gave me Yom Kippur off, and they gave me Sukkot off. They're like, you can have Yom Kippur, but Sukkot's ridiculous. Can I have Tuba of of Jewish Arbor Day? Can I have... (laughs) You're like, it's Lag Baomer. Yeah. Oh, Can I bring my bows and arrow into the office for Lag Bomer? They very <laughs> Lag Bomer has bows and yes, it does. That's right. Oh bows my God, arrows, it's such yeah. a Hebrew school reference. There are so many Judaism. So there's so many little niches, and then you find out about the different kinds of Jude, the like Salonican Judaism, and you know, and Orthodox. Orthodox and there's Kaifengi Judaism in uh-huh. China. There are Chinese Jews, yes. uh, Kaifengi Jews, and Cochini Jews in India. Like, there are so many different kinds wow. of Jews. And sometimes I'll go to, I went to Istanbul, mm-hmm. and this guy came up to me. He's like, I'm a Kaifengi Jew. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, my family's from like the Yellow River of China. And so we've been, there have been Jews there for a thousand years. I was like, wow. Oh, uh, and he was like, did you know that? I was like, of course, of course I knew that. Of course I knew that. It was like, what else? What else? What else do I also know about that? Like he was telling me about like the food they make, and like it's. And then you go to Israel. You know, Israel is very complicated, but like I like I like being able to wear a yarmulke everywhere without anyone thinking it's weird. Mm-hmm. And I also like um, I like the fact sometimes you you know someone will come to a show and like when I was performing in Israel at the time there was a group of Beit Israel like a group of Ethiopian Jews yeah, who would come to this comedy club all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was wild because like never met Ethiopian Jews. And yeah. then, you know, when I was there, they're, it's great. It yeah. Great. I remember the first time I went to Israel and saw all of the Ethiopian Israeli Jews and it was, it blew my mind. It was uh, incredible. I think it's, it's one of the most amazing things about Israel that they, they, um, they became part of the culture so fast and so, and so, 
I'm, I'm, I'm not an Ethiopian Jew, so I don't know, but it looked like they, they were just embraced so beautifully by, by I Israel. mean, I think, I think, unfortunately... Some it, have bad stories, but the way it seems, at any rate, in Israel, it's funny that you say you wear a yarmulke whenever you want. Israel, in America, it's like if you wear a yarmulke, you keep the Sabbath. In Israel, the guy's driving on Shabbat with a yarmulke. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn, Shabbat Shalom! Yeah, 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 of course. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's so weird, because sometimes I'm like... I, you know, in L.A., I live in L.A. and I walk around my neighborhood and some days I wear, you know, a yarmulke, but I'm less – I don't love when I run into a friend and they're like, hi, Alex. Uh, and they look at my – you know, the first thing you do is look at the yarmulke and I'm like, ugh, this is why I don't – You know, I'm the I, opposite. I feel like when they look at me and they don't see a yarmulke, why isn't he wearing a yarmulke? <sighs> it's the opposite. Like, shouldn't he be wearing a yarmulke? Isn't that Yoyle? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Near, not far. Near, Near. yes. Um, okay, so I don't know. So let's wrap this up. But you, you, there's a show. There's a show, ladies the and show's, gentlemen. The show's going well. I think we're going to try to find new homes for it also. It's been, uh, this week is, is sold out, but we're we're doing well, shows well. next week and the week after that. And like, it's been, it's been wonderful. And also for the first time performing in front, not to make this all one thing, but performing in front of Jewish audiences. I never performed in front of Jewish audiences and like, or audiences that were, you know, like 2%, 3% Jewish. Now the audiences here are like 25%, 30% Jewish. It's very nice. And so, um, I don't know. It's been, it's really lovely. And also not for nothing to do a show in New York. I've never done a run of shows in the, it's like well, it's the amazing. most rewarding thing in the world. That's a, it's wonderful. You have a it's, question for him, no? Yes, I always ask all of our guests. Um, I know. So, who's your rabbi? And like, obviously not your rabbi. I know. I know. I've I've listened. I've okay. seen. Um, I have a couple. Um, I'm going to take comedy out of the equation because okay. Uh, okay. I think I think it's too obvious. We've already talked about my comedy rabbis. Can um, I guess? Can I guess? Yeah, go ahead. Your father definitely. And your, your, your brother you kind of look up to and, and would run things by. My brother's very smart. Both my brothers are very smart. The whole my family's father's, very, very smart. They're my like father's, Harvard-y people. My father's an MIT and Harvard professor. He's very smart. Very, you know, thoughtful guy. We speak and argue every day. <sighs> um, I, my chavrusa is, um, is uh, someone I study with uh, every week. Her name's Sarah Hurwitz. Sarah was... And a speechwriter for Michelle Obama for eight years. Wow. And then after the White House, instead of writing Michelle Obama's book with her, she wrote a book on Jewish spirituality called Here All Along. So she she's someone I speak to, uh, uh, every, you know, every week about, you know, and she has the best, she is the speechwriter's way of summing up things. Like, you know, this big conversation now about whether or not Jews are white. She said to me, here's how you know if you think Jews are white. If you think being white is awesome – Jews are not white. If you think being white sucks, Jews are the whitest people who have ever lived. It's a lose-lose situation. So she's great. And also my rabbi is this uh, last woman that I wrote television with. Her name is Genji Cohan. She's amazing. We go hiking in Los Angeles sometimes. And she is the wisest person I know. So so I have lots of rabbis in my life. I've always sort of been lucky. And maybe this is the Jew- Hebrew school kid in me. But I've always gathered mentors who have who have taught me a lot of stuff so that's the way i know to learn but yeah i have lots of rabbis in my life okay so those are good ones my father sarah and genji are the up there that's amazing want to plug the show one last time please please. the show is called just for us it's at the cherry lane theater it's produced by mike robiglia it's running until february 19th we've added a whole bunch of extra shows um tickets seem to be 
going fairly well. It's uh, it's clean, which I think, which apparently matters to people, very, and yeah. um, it's been uh, it's been lovely. So please come. And my name's Alex Edelman. If you need to find me, um, Edelman like the football player, the Jewish football player. We'll be at the show okay. on. We'll be at the 11th, show on on the eleventh, which and is Friday. You can give it a scathing no, review Saturday. next week. Do you love Saturday. it? Yeah. It's Saturday. Saturday. Um, well, today is the third. Tomorrow's the fourth. You're coming Friday. Friday. Okay. Yeah. I bought the tickets. You guys are telling okay. me okay. when the show is. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, uh, again, Alex Edelman. The show is at the Troy Lane Theater. He's amazing. Produced by Michael Mike Babiglia. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know who that is, my audience, it's worth a deep dive into. Oh, he my God. Yes. Genius. I saw his show on Broadway I twice. Twice, because I, I I brought two friends to watch his show, and I'd never seen anybody laugh yeah. that hard. Oh my she god! She couldn't catch her breath. I was with Tina. Yeah, she was crying. She couldn't. She was I've, everything hit never like so that. hard with He's the. He's so it, brilliant. It, brilliant. And then I saw it on HBO or Netflix, whatever it's yeah. on. Mike Babiglia definitely. Uh, oh, you must. you must. You must. It's one of the greats of this generation. Um, your show is at. Uh, Stand Up New York. Stand Up New York, and it's got a new name now. Well, yeah, Great Set is on Thursdays, and then once a month we're doing See You Next Tuesday on Tuesdays. Okay. And Leo and I, you can catch <laughs> us on Modi underscore live uh, on uh, Instagram, and I'm going to be well, – watch this. I'm going to be um, in Washington, D.C. on March 3rd. On the 5th, I'm going to be in Boston. And then on the 13th, I will be in Philly. Uh, tickets available at MortyLive.com. Links in the bio of uh, Instagram. Thank you all so much for listening. Alex, I can't thank you enough. I this cannot tell you how happy I am that you are. It, it's You love to see people that you love succeed. And you are, uh, you're, you're Baruch Hashem succeeding. Well, you, I hope you're, if you're, if you're, Shepping any nachas because of um, shepping nachas, hundred percent. If you are, if it's be you, you deserve it, and it's, uh, and I've always, but I've always said that it, that you and Elon and Gary are the Mount Rushmore for me. Oh, so that's, that's so cool. sweet. That's so, so sweet. Thank you all, all right. very much. Thanks, guys.